2: Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad I can take him to a place uh, personally that they can't get to themselves <laughs> right back in this game big expectations <laughs> they got to buy into that, and it's not going to be comfortable at times. I pull and I root for the team because I know if the team's playing well and makes the people in the city excited and
1: happy. You know, we're in this thing to win. This game is over! This is Ryan Hopkins. <laughs> this is Arthur Platham. This, this is Kim Talbot. This Tally. is Carmen David from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Doffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A Now, boss offer On the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers 630 Shed
0: Welcome, everybody. Bob Stauffer in the 630 Chet Studios. The Edmonton Oilers wrapping up a practice over in the community arena at Ice District. This is Oilers Now. It is brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company mine. Money. Not my money. Money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. Well, we got a lot to get to. Uh... Tough game Saturday night for the Edmonton Oilers against the San Jose Sharks. The Oilers lack of depth up front, which has been downgraded since the start of the season in uh, full evidence during the course of that game. Uh, Edmonton Oil Kings continue to win. Bakersfield Condors, 12 straight wins. We'll be talking to Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft coming up at 135 today. Al May, Washington Capitals broadcast Edmonton native at 105. And our regular Monday contributor to the show, John Shannon from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Yes, indeed, a complete re- recap of uh, Saturday night's game. I went to two games Saturday night, slid over and watched the third period in overtime. The Alberta Golden Bears, who are now 20-0-1 in their last 21 conference games, they finished the regular season 24-3-1, and they came in second because Saskatchewan uh, finished 25-3. and The uh, Bears uh, lost three games in their first four weekends and didn't lose another game in regulation the rest of the season. Interesting stuff. Uh, good squad. Oil Kings going good. Bakersfield Condor is going good. And the uh, Edmonton Oilers not so good. Here's how you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. brought to you by the River Cree Resort Casino. They've got Legends in Concert on February 22nd and 23rd at the River Cree. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can text us at 630-630 on Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Don't buy a new or pre-owned Ford without giving Heartland a chance. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. You know, there's some older uh, people out there that are entitled to their opinions on on several different issues. Uh Someone called him Polonius, but uh, I digress. Um, you know, the, the bottom line, uh, I had a guy uh, predict to me, oh, geez, right at the conclusion of the uh, Edmonton Eskimos season that he felt that Len Rhodes wouldn't be back. Uh, I was like, well, that's interesting. So we'll see what carries on. Uh, Len had been in the role, what, the last seven years at the Eskimos as their president. We'll see uh, what happens moving forward for the Eskimos organization. Is it official yet on the Mike Riley situation? Brendan, you're all over this sort of stuff. Has he uh, officially left uh, to go to the BC Lions? What's happen- could he still sign with the
3: Eskimos? He could. Uh, free agency opens tomorrow, actually. Okay. So tomorrow will be decision day, I think.
0: All right. So Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, uh, they'll have uh, you covered. Uh, Brian Hall as well on the Eskimo front. And uh, I'll let you know what's shaking. I'll be intrigued to see which route the Eskimos go with a president in the future that they bring in a a guy from outside the market. Is it, uh, you know, an Eskimo internal candidate, maybe an ex-Eskimo player? There's a lot of guys that are doing really well in business. Do they want that job at this time? I'm not sure. So I'm going to be intrigued to see uh, what transpires. It's sort of like what's going to happen with the Oilers' uh, general manager hire. We know that there's nothing pending uh, be and there's only so many of those jobs out there, uh, but definitely a significant change over the over the last month with both the Edmonton Oilers and the Eskimos at a high high level. Not at a high level was the Oilers' performance against San Jose. But you know what? The team isn't. Let's face it. Unless you're oblivious and don't get it. And sometimes I think there's guys out there that don't get it. As we go to our Oilers Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear for product knowledge, compliancy, great pricing and innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. Um, the Oilers are challenged most nights to match top-end teams, especially up front. They can't play four lines deep. They can't. That's all there is to it. They had a better chance at the start of the year. When they had Ryan Strome here and Drake Kajula. And with what we thought we were going to get out of Tobias Reader at the start of the year. And maybe Kyle Brodziak playing in the role that he was supposed to play, which was 8-10 to minutes a game, not 12-14. to Because the general manager traded away the third line center. Bottom line, team isn't good enough. And against San Jose, they can get exposed. Here's Jack Michaels with the call.
1: The Oilers 24, 25, and 5. San Jose 32, 16, and 7. Connor McDavid and Joe Pavelski on the opening faceoff, and we're underway at Rogers' place. Setting up Brad Malone driving into the net. Reach shot and poked away. Centering pass. Quick shot score. Kevin LeBanc. Squeezes one underneath the glove of Cam Talbot. Staggers his way in. Dishes. Dotskoy. What timer Score. And on the backside, Evander Kane stays hot. Nugent Hopkins. Cross ice. What timer And a glove save made by Dell. Using a screen. Off to Meyer. Deflected to LeBanc. Drag move. Shoots and scores. 3-0. LeBanc's second of the game is a power play goal. And it looks like we'll enter the final 20 minutes with San Jose leading by a score of 3-1. to David. High slot. Drive. Nurse redirected. Chase on denied. Here's Nujanabekun. Shoots and scores. And Edmonton right back in the game. And now San Jose with some numbers coming the other way. Four on two. Thornton, LeBanc. wrist shot score. Hat trick. Kevin LeBanc. And it's 4-1 Sharks. Tomas Hurdle the other way. Left wing. Cuts inside for the Sharks. Re-shot, score. 5-1 San Jose. Flick from the slot. Here's Larson. A shot. Tip. Save made. Rebound. Score. And I think it was smacked out of midair. Might be Zach Cassian that got it. Cassian beat McDavid to the spot. Well, and that'll
0: be all she wrote. Final score: 5-2, San Jose. All right, so it was what it was. The San Jose Sharks right now playing about as well as anybody in the league. Uh, A deep shark squad, though I'm hearing that they're interested in adding a little bit more forward depth. We'll wait and see on that front. Uh, But a a team with Doug Wilson that seemingly is in everything. And and when you look at what occurred, I mean, the order is knocking the Sharks out in six games in 2017. Again, if you told me that this would be the position of the two organizations two years later, I would have said you were crazy. So you tip your hat, number one, to Doug Wilson, because he is in everything. And the Sharks do have some advantages. Eric Carlson, would he have waived his no movement to come to Edmonton? No. Uh, That said, uh, the Sharks got him at least and might only be on a one-year rental. We'll see if Carlson ends up signing long-term, but a good addition, giving them another guy that can really generate offense in the back end. Carlson didn't even play, but the Sharks have the high-scoring defense in the National Hockey League. And then they've got guys up front, and they've got a good culture, but they've got good players. They have real depth on their team. Okay, they had Joe Thornton centering their third line against Edmonton. Right now, the Edmonton Oilers are playing today at practice. Jujar Keira, with the injury to Ty ratty after he blocked the shot in the game the other night. Uh, the Oilers started practice the way they finished the game uh, with their top two lines the other uh, on Saturday late afternoon against San Jose. All right, so what we saw today was Connor McDavid up front along with Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Kassian, and then Jujar Kaira, uh with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and, yes, Apul Yarby. Doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out that uh, Kaira and Cassian have spent the majority of their time in the bottom six this year. Half the fans out there want Paul Yarby down on the minors. The other half want him playing in the top six in Edmonton. There's an argument that can be made either way. The Oilers simply do not have the depth. Again, a uh, decision was made to trade away Ryan Strom, who was part of the Oilers' top penalty killing unit, uh, unit over the final 20 games. People say, well, Ryan Strom only scored one goal in his, whatever, 18, 19 games in Edmonton. He played 14 of them on a line with Milan Lucic, which uh, at the start of the year was not exactly the beacon of offense, offensively. Uh, Then there was the decision to include Drake Kijula in a deal to get Brandon Manning. So basically, the Oilers traded their third-line center away and a swing guy that's currently playing on Chicago's top line. By moving out... Ryan Strom. Now you're asking Kyle Brodziak, who would have interest around the league, may I suggest you, even though he's got a year left. There were teams looking for fourth-line center help. One of them answered the call today. Montreal Canadiens making a small deal getting get Nate Thompson. Anyhow, I digress. At this stage in his career, Brodziak can't play 12 to 14 minutes. He's probably a 9- to 11-minute guy. But you're asking him, so he's not as useful as you were hoping because for him, less is more. And then you got Tobias Reeder. He hasn't scored a goal all year. Nobody saw that coming. If you thought, ah, you know what, 60 know, 55 games into the season, Tobias Reeder uh, would have zero goals, come on. I defy you to show me the text at 6.30, 6.30 that you believe that was going to happen. But the bottom line is the Oilers forward units are nowhere near as deep as they were at the start of the year. And when you're playing San Jose, you got to have everybody on board and you got to have positive energy around your team. You can't have anything negative happen during the course of games. And so right now, the Oilers don't seem to have the capability to take a punch, okay? And it is becoming quite apparent. And so... It's interesting, Ken Hitchcock in that opening says, I can take them to a place that they can't get there on their own. Well, right now we're looking for that place because this team is struggling. And Ken Hitchcock would be the first to admit he needs to be part of the equation moving forward. Let's get to Hitchcock's thoughts on the Oilers' loss against the San Jose Sharks Saturday.
2: We didn't even give ourselves a chance. We turned it over so many times in the neutral zone in the first period. We didn't even give ourselves a fighting chance. The game was over. When you turn it over that many times and you you make casual plays like that, you give yourself no chance. We did it on the first, second goal. We did it on the fifth goal, or sorry, fourth goal. We don't even give ourselves a fighting chance. You know, and, and we did exactly the opposite in Minnesota. I don't have the answers, Ryan, um, but to me, we can't play this way and actually expect to win hockey games not at this time of year quite frankly not ever maybe in an exhibition game but uh this is for the players has to be really unacceptable to play that way with so much at stake to be able to move within two or three points of seven and eight and to play this way just can't be acceptable
0: all right, Hitchcock added some additional thoughts when he was questioned on the Oilers' team's priorities.
2: It's, it's, it's priorities. It's what goes in ahead, what goes in first. I mean, how many, times, how many times did we lose board battles in the offensive zone where we had size advantage and they walked right off the boards and ended up exiting? That's just flat determination. You've put the puck in a great spot. Now you've got to check it back. And when you let them walk off the boards, now you're letting them play with tempo. And that's, it just happens too many times. And that's work. That's, this is a second and third effort league. And it's a league of discipline, especially between the blue lines. And when you do what we do, and this is, to me, typical of what's gone on in four of the last six games, especially at home, we don't play like this on the road. We don't come close to playing like this on the road. Well, we sure as heck do here. This has a lot of commonality. This looked a lot, quite frankly, like the Detroit game. And it had a lot of commonality like that. And at the end, the players just have to get... They have to reach a point where they're just sick of it.
0: All right. uh, And home ice. And uh, I have nothing but empathy for the fans here in Edmonton. 11 losses on home ice in 13 games. That is... Right now we're watching an Oilers team that's devoid of confidence... At Rogers Place, they are. Now, some will say a coach breeds confidence in a team, and others will say, "Look at the personnel." Um, but right now, this group is really struggling at Rogers Place, and the fans deserve better. Eleven losses out of thirteen games. Here is Ken Hitchcock. I'm playing poorly at Rogers Place.
2: Obviously, it's the inconsistencies of this hockey club. It's to me, it's priorities. We'll get to it. But I know what you're saying. I know what Mark's saying. I, I agree with you guys. But my job is to figure out why and and try to fix it. But three great since the break, it's been three great road games, playing the right way, acting the right way, behaving the right way, and then we get home and it's it's being poor. It's being poor hockey here, poor team hockey. For me personally, it's really irritating. It really bothers me, Terry, and to see that and. So it's on me to fix it.
0: Yeah, it is, uh, because you're empowered to fix it. And that's part of the deal for Ken Hitchcock. He has the privilege to uh, guide uh, this group moving forward. And uh, you know what? It's it's going to be a challenge, because the Oilers don't have... A deep set of horses up front and some will say you know if maybe you didn't have to put your own stamp on things and you just rolled with what you had and made a couple picks in 25th but we're past that so what's the solution moving forward right you know what i'm saying here and it might not be pretty because the team is... Some would say that the team's in cap purgatory for the next year plus. I guess time will tell. I think a little bit of wiggle room is going to get opened up here. Uh, and at this stage of the game, I don't think it's the end of the world. If and they got a tough road trip coming up. You're going to Pittsburgh. They're a good team. Uh, you're going to Carolina. They've been red hot of late. Uh, and then, obviously, the New York Islanders, who don't have John Tavares, but somehow are fighting for first. Well, Barry Trotz is a heck of a coach, represented by uh, Agent Gil Scott, who... Also, has Bruce Boudreau, oh, and has Brock Sunderland, or at least had Brock Sunderland. I'm not sure if he's still, I think he still represents Brock Sunderland, the uh, general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos. 1222 in Edmonton. Let's get to some thoughts from the players. Here's Oscar Kleffbaum saying they're not giving themselves a chance to win.
3: we we got to give ourselves a chance to win every night, and this is not how we want to play, and, and, and it it comes down to, to this group and all our, all the guys in here. Did he ask to play better? We've got to help Talbs and the forwards cannot turn the puck over, but... That's how it is right now. Um, it's um, it's tough. I don't want to be standing here and, and excuse myself for, for a bad game, but we got to be better than this.
0: All right. Uh, Milan Lucic was asked whether or not the Oilers should just tip their cap to a better team because the San Jose Sharks are a good team right now.
3: Uh, I don't think
0: you can ever say that. Obviously, they're rolling. They're, they're a team full of confidence and, and all that type of stuff. And But at the end of the day, you know, it's almost like that any given Sunday type of... Uh, um type of mentality where anyone could win on any given night especially with the parity in the league today and um like I said if 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 we found, if we found a way to bring the game that we we brought in the three road games that we played after the break we would have gave ourselves a better chance to win so maybe it's a byproduct of it being halfway in between both issues the oilers uh, at the start of the season, we had Dom was at lacision on from the Athletic, and he predicted that Edmonton would miss the playoffs, and that they would be marginally better than last year, but still miss the playoffs, because they didn't have the horses up front, specifically, I believe, and there was concern on the back end as well. Injuries on defense sort of sank the initial success that Ken Hitchcock had, 9-2-2. and Let's not forget, Todd McClellan had an 8-2-1 and run as well. In fact, Todd was fired at 9-10-1. And I know a lot of people, and I can't, you're going to believe what you want to believe, but it's my belief that just take a look at the type of hockey that Peter Shirelli wanted to play. He wanted to play heavy hockey. And for the most part, Ken Hitchcock kind of coaches heavy hockey. I've always think I've always thought that Hitch has been unfairly labeled as a defense-first coach. Um, certainly his teams in Kamloops could score back in junior, right? But philosophically there was alignment with how, Uh, Shirelli wanted to coach the team and sort of hitch his reputation on how the team had been coached. Uh, That said, the Oilers don't have as good a set of forwards as they had at the start of the year, so they have to have everybody pulling on the same rope and have the energy all going the same way in order to be successful. Kyle Brodziak, who's been in on the lineup, and again, I kind of feel a bit for Kyle. Like, he's been scratched a couple times this year. To me, he is what he is. It's fourth-line center and he sometimes has been asked to play third-line minutes at this stage in his career. He had this to say on why the Edmonton Oilers have been so inconsistent.
3: Yeah, that's tough. It's tough to answer. It's definitely been a, a huge problem where, um, you know, we've gone on good streaks, we've gone on really bad streaks, and then in the middle we've, um, you know, we've had, had trouble gaining traction. So, um, you know, it's something that, you know, every day we're going to talk about it and, and, and uh, keep trying to work on it, but, um, you know, we've got to find some answers soon. All right, so
0: there you go. Uh, Hamilton Oilers now six points out of a playoff spot. they got some work to do big time. And uh, it's a humbling, humbling experience, no question, Uh, especially for, I would think, for the people that have real power in the Oilers organization. 1225 in Edmonton when we come back in orders now we'll get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing more than just sportswear this is orders now this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chen. Let's go to NHL today for elite promotional marketing more than just sportswear. Here's the young gun, Brendan Escott.
3: Thanks, Bob. Three games in the NHL tonight. The Canucks, the only Canadian team in action. They host San Jose. The Anaheim Ducks fired head coach Randy Carlisle yesterday after losing 19 of their last 21 games, including seven in a row. He's replaced in the short term behind the bench by general manager Bob Murray. Blackhawks signed goaltender Colin D'Elia to a three-year contract extension this morning with a $1 million cap hit. They also recalled Dylan Sakira from Rockford. Uh, minor trade today, the Canadians acquiring Nate Thompson and a fifth-round pick from L.A. in exchange for a fourth-rounder in this upcoming draft. They also landed Dale Weiss and Christian Feline from Philly in exchange for David Schlemko and Byron Fraze. That one went down yesterday. Former Habs forward Kenny Agostino claimed on waivers by New Jersey this morning as well. You mentioned it, Bob. Make it 12 wins in a row for the Bakersfield Condor beating San Jose and San Diego over the weekend. They now lead the Pacific Division and uh, host Stockton on Wednesday. Oil Kings knocked off Regina 5-2 at Rogers Place yesterday and uh, they hit the road this week for three games and three days and Wednesday in Brandon, Thursday in Moose Jaw, Friday in Regina. U of A Golden Bears, you also touched on this one. They finished up the Canada West regular season beating Calgary 4-1 on Friday. 5-4 on Saturday. They have three of the top five scorers in the conference. Five of the top ten and and uh, finish second. So that means they get the first round bye in the playoffs. Uh, best record ever in Canada West play to finish
0: in second. So Saskatchewan 25-3. And again, the Bears lost some early games. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell back with John Shannon.
1: Oilers now with Bob
3: Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.